Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Marcus Paspitz with RioMax, and thanks for tuning in to the RioMax Tailgate Talks podcast. Today on the podcast, we have an audio excerpt from one of our past webinars. Let's uh, get rolling here. Um, Kevin, uh, take it away, sir. It's all yours. Un- yeah, you're unmuted. You're good to okay. go. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for the invite. It's uh, good to be here. So my name is Kevin Stepanski. I'm a uh, third generation farm rancher out in Jenner, Alberta. Um, my wife and I, Carmen, and our three boys farm and ranch in uh, Jenner, Alberta, just uh, north of Montana, probably three hours. They get a little guess where that is, sort of along the Saskatchewan border, just by the military base. But anyway, in farm and ranching for that long. Um, probably been using mineral for probably 30 years off and on just different companies just doing little things but it was like um the claim to fame was we got to use mineral to re- to get rid of the retained placentas and cows and that was the main focus until uh one day daryl drove in my yard with a orange tub and then uh it was a different different avenue real max is going through it's more or less the uh the gut health and uh how, what we can get out of the grass and all this here stuff. And that sort of opened up my eye a bit on that. So used it, I've been trying it. So it sort of fits my program pretty good here now because I've been sort of getting away from feeding cows with diesel and tractors, letting the cows do all the grazing and stuff. So we've been uh, doing a lot of bale grazing, swath grazing. In the last nine, 10 years, I've been doing a lot of uh, swath grazing. And um, the Rio tubs have been in front of them cows during that period. Um, even long into the fall months, Real Max has been there too. And I haven't seen any decline in body conditions. I haven't seen any decline in, in pregnancy rates. Uh, calves, um, last year, I think we only had like, I think Gordon can probably <clears throat> account this, like two and a half inches of rain last year. So our grass was really dry. Our calf weights, my calf weights have always averaged that 580 to 560, you know, had, I think I had a run of steers go through the ring at six and a quarter. So it was almost like almost over a third of my steers were over six and a quarter, which is really good for us. So um, I was really happy with that. So um, this year, I can honestly say this year, the um, my heifers were on a 45 day breeding period, 100% success, all pregnant, 40, uh, 20 head, 45 days. Uh, they had real max in front of them all summer. So, but we did have some really good grass for them to uh, graze on. They really, they just stayed home, sort of in different paddocks around the yard. They, you know, grazed around the yard, in the yard. Carm said, I left the gate open a couple of times, but oh well. <laughs> so they got some good, they stayed out of the garden, but that was uh, pretty close. But anyway, efforts did really well. Um, I'm waiting for the cows. Haven't, uh, going to wean them in October 26th. So we're going to see the calves look good. Um, we did not get any rain. We had about eight, nine inches of rain this summer, so grew some good grass. Um, but after July, it got hot and dry. So that was during our breeding season. So we're hoping our bulls did good and hope our cows kept in uh, body condition to uh, cycle. So hoping the uh, pregnancy rates can be good that way. Calves look good, though. The hard grass up here is good for the calves. So um, that's our year this year. You know, I'm sort of going back and forth here, but uh, we ranch here in Jenner, but when in 2007, we bought the farm, and then in 2018, we uh, 
own a partnership with our my father-in-law and Carmen's brothers. So now we're managing a 500 head herd. Um, we got them on a real max program. That herd's never seen a tub. Uh, they've seen a little bit of loose mineral. Um, really weren't averaging great on pregnancy rates, maybe 10 to 14%. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to see this year. These, I, I was very adamant that these boys kept the mineral in front of these cows. So we're seeing if there's going to be a difference in that. I'm hoping there's going to be a difference in that. We changed our vaccine program from fall applied vaccine feedback and all that to a spring applied like closer to the breeding date. So I hope that's going to help our pregnancy rates. So we also irrigate probably 1400 acres of uh, irrigated land there with crops and grow corn, corn grazing, corn grain, corn silage and canola, wheat and barley. And we do do some swath grazing. So keeps it busy that way. Especially from the lion, the pivots never quit. So other than that, um, like I said, we just try to make our cows eat as much as possible on their own. We maybe have a 60 to 80 day feeding period where we have to feed cows early, uh, late March to maybe middle of May before the grass gets going. So the mineral program has helped. I think the, the cows are in better condition than they've ever been this year. So things have been good so far. So that's about all I've got really. So that's great, Kevin. Appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, Talk to us a little bit about how you guys do the swath grazing. I think that's, that was, uh, yeah, I've been doing that for the last, it's actually come up as a mistake one year because we had a really bad winter, a really bad summer. And I had uh, 30 acres of oats and barley mixer. So I just let the cows have it. Just it was too short to even cut. And the next year I said, well, this wasn't bad. You know, I got like 20 days of grazing out of this 30 acres. That was bad. So then I just started swath grazing and, um, I would swath grazing 150 cows per day, per acre for like 30 acres. So I was getting my cows on there in December. And all I wanted was to graze them over the Christmas holidays and end up being. So the more and more I actually grazed that parcel of land, added another 30 acres onto that. So I was rotating 30 one year, grazing next the other 30 the next year. And after about five years of that, I was grazing the full 60. And I think just because of the, the cows being on there, the manure, the, the, um, the urine and everything, and the, and the organic matter, I left while them grazing it. So that worked out really well. So now I'm, I'm continually cropping in that 60 acres with uh, um, barley, oats, some wheat sometimes, some cover crops. Some, um, I, put, I put peas in this year. We had peas, oats, barley mixed. Did really well. So I'm hoping that it's, still, it's in the swath right now. So... Hope that pea mixture maybe increases my protein level in the feed. So might be good that way. So the swath grazing's help. And um, you know, it, it's it's maybe not the top quality feed you can actually put in a bale, but it is maybe a better way for the cows to get at it. And it saves me my fuel bill and the and the mineral sort of help them cows digest that that dry straw in, in the in the swath and utilize it, I think, more. So yeah, they look good. Conditions always been the cattle condition's always been good. Like I have, I have no problems with uh, cows looking thin or anything. Um, I think I do benefit with the younger cattle in that same herd. They are finding their feed. I usually give about three or four days of feed, so there's no problems with a younger animal finding feed. So she's not getting bossed by the, the main boss cow sort of thing. And you process the feed in a, in a single row. So I think that's what is a benefit for me. So yeah, everything works out good that way with the swath grazing. 
That's good. And uh, Kevin, you've mentioned to us before how you um, you've got multi generations in in your outfit from your own ranch to the Majestic Ranch. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, we've uh, actually got a little grandson Liam who is two and a half, so he's our uh, our fourth, fifth fifth generation guy. So he's coming in there good. So we do have Majestic Ranches, like I said, is uh, is uh, Carmen's dad, mom and dad. So uh, the two brothers are in there too. Um, we're just starting to get involved in that. I got three boys now that are uh, got one boy here that's working on our place in Jenner, and then two other boys are at the ranch working there and helping Papa and us do all the irrigating and the cow check and fencing and everything else and ranch life. So they're really interested and motivated. So that's kind of good, and I think that helps helps us maybe alleviates more of the uh, scenarios of trying to get hired help when you can maybe use your own boys and help was giving them a few heifers this year. So <laughs> the motivation's there to keep working. So that's kind of good. That's great. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that's a, that's a great story. Um, you, I think you mentioned to me before um, when you were here at our uh, ranch around table, um, and when was that? Was that was that beginning of this year, or was that last year? Last, last winter. Last winter, yeah. Okay. Yeah, last winter. Um, COVID has kind of done Just crazy got things home. to yeah. people. Just yeah. got home before COVID. <laughs> but you were mentioning how you had uh, shortened up your breeding cycle. Can you yes. talk to that a little bit? Yes, we always were uh, always were like a six day breeding period. So this year, the last year, I shortened up my cows to uh, 45, 50 days. Uh, about 60% of the herd got a 45 day breeding period. And then there's some cows that are in a community pasture. I really did have control of the bull dates. So that was, that worked out good. Like I didn't see any ill effects of that. I did not see any increases in the uh, drop in pregnancy rates. I had um, seven cows out of 170. Uh, a couple were too, a couple were old. So that was kind of a good thing, but that was kind of the, I was kind of like, it was good that way. And then this year too, I put my heifers first year this time on a 45 day breeding period and hundred percent success rate. So that was kind of good. So this year, the ranch cows, uh, same thing. We've had uh 500 head. We put them on a, on a program now this year, put them on a 40, I think they went 48 days. So, you know, I expect to have a few more drives, but I'm hoping the real max thing and the vaccination thing and the high mineral content that the girls got that uh, we ain't going to see any, I'm hoping to improve it. Like I don't want to see a 10%. I want to see if I see a seven or 6% or 8%, I, I'll be really happy with that. So, you know, just start the program. I know it's going to be tough for the first couple of years, but I think eventually if I get the, the heifers in the program early and yeah. they're 45 to 35 or 40 days, and then they'll fit right into the herd and continue on with that 45 day cycle. So I'm hoping that's going to work for us. So we're going to short, we shortened up our calving. Um, seems like we always calve when the first April storm always hits. It seems like that first week in April or end of March, we always get that stupid storm. But we did back date till uh, July 10th. A little bit of uh, convincing of the old management. <laughs> what we're going to do. But, you know, I didn't want to lose, you know, I didn't want to lose 20, 30 calves a year. So we're just going to have them in a little bit warmer weather, shorten up the breeding season, see how it all goes. All the calves get fed anyway. So it really doesn't matter when we wean. We sort of precondition our calves till that 
January, February market anyway. So I don't think I'll see any ill effects on weaning weights or anything like that. Maybe you know, a few more live calves might be put more pounds in the in the feedlot anyway. So sure, hope it's going to work. Yeah, good. Well, thanks, uh, Kevin. Been uh, great to hear your story. Thanks for sharing that. Well, hopefully you all enjoyed that. We have these free webinars on a monthly basis and would love to have you live to enjoy the entire webinar and ask questions. To get signed up for our upcoming webinars, head on over to reomax.net slash events to get in on our next event. If you're enjoying what we've got to offer on the Reomax Tailgate Talks podcast, I'd encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I look forward to next time and you guys have a good one.